alas, the end of the week, Friday. What do we have on the horizon? Two days of relaxing, unless you're me and on vacation for like ever. And, um, you know, no one in sight, but many of us are not like that. So congratulations. You made it. It's Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. And happy, well, good morning. It's I, Andrew DeVitri, the mistress of pop culture, coming at you from vacay. Uh, very, <coughs> oh my goodness. <coughs> I just, I just had a coffee and it's 10 at night on the East Coast, but I just um, moved locations on vacay, but I'm not going to give my true identity or location because, well, I'm so famous. Like, everybody's chasing me down. Um, can't, can't bring a bad girl down. No, but I'm really excited about that. But what I'm most excited about is I think the news that everybody's excited about. Well, if you're a Britney Stan, that is, of course, her dad stepping down as conservator, which you will obviously get into in a moment, as well as four other great stories. Actually, five other great stories because one was an additional story that I saw because it went along with the second to last story. So the last, oh, the last three stories kind of all are connected. Um, which is, like, really exciting for me. But uh, hi, everybody. I hope you all... I don't even know what I'm... Oh, yeah. Happy Friday. I hope you're all having a great week. I hope you all had a great week, and I hope you all are going into a fabulous weekend full of luscious plans. And if you don't have plans, I hope you're all going to kick off your heels, relax, and um, just do the damn thing. But aside from that, I had a fabulous time down at the shore with my fam. Now I've moved to a new location for vacay, which I'm really excited about because I need a little bit of spritz. And... Um, Honestly, I'm going to keep extending my vacay. It's like, well, I'm not in L.A., so that's kind of weird because I'm usually in L.A. all the time. So, And it's like I, anyone can work remotely post-pandemic, so that's what I'm doing. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll come at you from, like, London or, like, China next week because I'm just going to, like, go about the world and, like, meet new people and eat new foods, which is just so great. And also, um, you know, I feel like when August comes to an end, Maybe that's not go back home, but we'll see. Uh, TBD, by the way, I watched episode six of Gossip Girl, which is the mid-season finale. And it was really good. It was really interesting. It was really serious. It was really dark. And I think many of us who love the new version of a show probably love the end of the episode. There weren't any, um, like, homages to the original, but there was a great, great, great line from Julian's dad where, spoiler, spoiler alert, he's kind of disappointed in his daughter's uh, PSAT scores. Um, and then J- Jordan is like, well, you know, I, I'm an influencer. I want that to be my career. And then Julian said, says literally the greatest line ever, which is what is, what are you going to fall back on if this doesn't work out? Because COVID can happen. You basically, he's essentially saying you, life happens and you have to expect the unexpected. But he also says something really funny. I'm kind of throwing shit at Instagram influencers, which is what is Instagram retirement? What is Instagram's retirement plan? Crowns? Uh, flower crowns on Etsy. <laughs> it was really funny. Like, you have to watch it to get it. Um, subscribe to HBO Max because, like, well, they're the best. Um, but it was a really good episode, and it ended in a really great way. And also, uh, this actor who was in The O.C. as well as in Ugly Betty. Who did he play in Ugly Betty? No, that's Alan Dale. And Alan Dale, he's, like, in all the great greatest things. He was um, Mr. Mead in Ugly Betty, but this other guy, oh, he was an entourage. He played Terry, uh, uh, TMA, um, the agency that Ari buys with Barbara Miller. He plays the guy that sells it to Ari. Um, the whole rotten ego thing, he gets Ari fired. Entourage is one of the greatest shows of all time, by the way. It's also on HBO Max. And if you guys haven't seen it, I highly suggest you watch it. It's, it was shot in a different era, so it's a little bit politically incorrect. But it was before everything, you know, sort of changed and a lot of the dialogue you can't use anymore. Speaking of politically incorrect, well, or politically correct, uh, this last episode of Gossip Girl had a very, very graphic video at the end of the video, at the end of the episode. So um, just like a forewarning for those of you who um, are straight. Um, well, it's there. But aside from that, um, it was great content to watch over the weekend, and um, I'm excited to watch more stuff. Maybe I'm going to watch a movie tonight. I don't know. 
Um, but I'm really excited because I get some more sun and water time, which is just fabulous and divine. But aside from that, um, I have six great stories for you guys today. Really great um, ones to end out our week. And then have a great weekend. So without further dilly-dallying, let's, let's get into it. So obviously, you know, the shoe dropped. Um, and that is, of course, Jamie Spears agrees to step down as Britney's conservator. This is from TMZ. And of course, all the major outlets are talking about this, but I'm going to go to TMZ because that's where I initially read it. And, um, you know, I thought that they did a good job packing in all the info. And I'm sure information is going to come out over the weekend, in which case on Monday, I'll uh, then talk about what we hear over the weekend. So... Jamie Spears has agreed to step down. Oh, sorry. Jamie Spears has agreed it's time to step down as conservator of Britney's estate, he just said, so in new legal docs. And he wants to work with the court on an orderly transition. How great. Well, we'll see. Uh, we've, as in TMZ, we've learned Jamie's lawyer is filing legal docs in which he says, quote, there are, in fact, no actual grounds for suspending or removing Mr. Spears as a conservator of the estate, and it is highly debatable whether a change in a conservator at this time would be in Ms. Spears' interest. And then he lowers the boom, quote, Nevertheless, even as Mr. Spears is the unremitting target of unjustified attacks, he does not believe that a public battle with his daughter over his counting services or conservator would be in her best interest. So, even though he must contest this unjustified petition for his removal. Mr. Spears intends to work with the court and his daughter's new attorney to prepare for an orderly transition to a new conservator. I mean, that's major, you guys. This is what the whole Free Britney movement has been about, is, uh, well, freeing Britney in many ways, but obviously having her dad step back as conservator because I think many people, including myself, have been wondering what is his position? How is he financially benefiting from this? Of course he is in some way because Britney's amassed millions uh, in her years and years of being a superstar. And I think that's been a lot of... Uh, by the way, I'm sorry if you hear a little bit of a rumbling in the background. Um, where I am has a really loud AC noise in the back, so I'm really, really sorry about that. But um, I'm not going to re- be recording like the Sahara Desert, so settle down. Um, the doc's going to say, quote, Regardless of his formal title, Mr. Spears will always be Miss Spears' father. He will always love her unconditionally, and he will look out for her best interests. He was on to attack Lynn Spears, saying... Um, saying she had little, if any, involvement in the conservatorship, let alone Britney's life for the last 13 years. He says her credibility is undermined because Britney herself refused to even see Lynn when she was at a mental health facility in 2019. He does say he essentially saved Britney when she was, quote, in crisis, desperately in need of help 13 years ago, adding, quote, not only was she suffering mentally and emotionally, but she was also being manipulated by predators and and in financial distress. Mr. Spears came to his daughter's rescue to protect her. In the docs, Spears' lawyer, Jamie, uh, uh, sorry, in the docs, Jamie's, okay, in the docs, Spears' lawyer says Jamie had been working on a plan to leave the conservatorship with her then-attorney, Sam Ingham. He says he never forced her to do anything, including performing. We contacted, we again, as in TMZ, we contacted Brittany's lawyer, Matthew Rosengart, um, and he was unmoved by Jamie's decision uh, to step down, telling TMZ, quote, we are pleased but not necessarily surprised that Mr. Spears and his lawyer finally recognize that he must be removed. We are disappointed, however, by their ongoing shameful and re- reprehensible attacks on Ms. Spears and others. Uh, Rosengar goes on, quote, we look forward to continuing our vigorous investigation into the conduct of Mr. Spears and others over the past 13 years while he repealed millions of dollars from his daughter's estate, and I look forward to taking Mr. Spears' sworn deposition in the near future. In the interim, rather than making false accusations and taking cheap shots at his own daughter, Ms. Spears should step aside. Mr. Spears should step aside immediately. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, okay, there's, there's a lot to unpack with that. First of all, great good it's time too little too late but it's 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 not really too little too late it's like it's time but it's like too little too late so it's it's kind of messy because obviously 13 years is a really long time i do believe when this initially all happened 13 years ago i remember reading about it in the tabloids it was the right thing for her 
for, it was the right thing for obviously her to have a conservatorship because she had a mental breakdown, but I think others could argue otherwise, which I totally understand. But obviously she needed protection, essentially is what I'm saying. Maybe not a conservatorship, but protection. Um, obviously I've listened to a lot of the tapes in which Brittany has been speaking on behalf of herself as of late with regards to this, and she sounds very uh, coherent with it, smart, making great points, respectable, just expressing her concern for her own person and wanting to be independent, as she should. Uh, and I, I think that um, it's obviously very packed and layered, and there's probably many, many facts that many of us, uh, myself and many of our millions of other fans who are totally all about Free Britney, don't, aren't aware of because it's family dynamics, family agreements, contracts, uh, whatever goes into a conservatorship. So I think that's a really interesting component, but I'm really interested to know what the overall outcome is going to be. Also, most importantly, who's going to step in as, I guess, chief uh, primary executor or, or overseeing the conservatorship if it's going to be completely shut down altogether or if he's going to have someone she trusts step in. If it's, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be Lynn because I actually didn't know. This is something I learned from this article just now that Lynn and Brittany weren't on good terms. Allegedly, we don't actually know if that's true. It could be her dad just saying that, but it's like he said, she said, they said, I said, we said. It's it's like a like a you know, Chinese checkers type situation. Um, but yeah, so I, I just was really happy when I read the headline. I think it's, again, a little too late, but we'll see. I mean, it's a very complex situation that I think uh, raises a lot of questions and emotion and whatnot. So I just thought I had to talk about that because it was so important. It was such big news, it was such big news. So yeah, anyways, whatever comes out over the weekend in the next couple of days, I will, of course, be reporting that as the mistress of pop culture because it is so important and it is really like the juiciest thing ever and the most, one of the biggest stories of 2021 so far. So, yeah. But anyways, this brings us to our second story of the day from page six. Sort of another um, legal win for somebody that I think everybody in the world loves, especially um, OG American Idol fans, and I'm from Justin and Kelly fans, which I, like, happen to think about a lot, and I watch a lot of the clips on YouTube. But that is, of course, um, this has to do with our queen, Kelly Clarkson. But that is the movie from Justin and Kelly with Kelly Clarkson and Justin Greeny, the movie that they shot right after they both, well, won and became runner-up, Justin, uh, from American Idol season one. From Justin and Kelly is like literally the greatest movie ever. And Nikki Noni Rose is in it, who voices um, that fabulous princess and the frog on Disney, as well as some other fabulous actors. But it's such a good movie. It's an iconic movie. It's about spring break. And uh, Kelly and her girlfriends, I think, are living in Texas, go to Miami. And it's like so bad. It has like a 2% of Rotten Tomatoes, and I think was dubbed one of the worst movies of all time. But that in actuality translates to it being one of the greatest movies of all time. A cult classic, if you will. Um, and I always never agree with the critics because what are the critics now? They're like so critical. Their job is literally to be a critic, and I'm the opposite of that. My job is to be a praise. There should be critics and praisers. I should always write for these movies and be a praiser. Because I often find that the more serious movie, like British movies and stuff, I'm like, this is too much for me. Like, um, these serious movies, I can't handle it. But like from Justin to Kelly, that should be up for an Academy Award. Well, that's my nuts-humble opinion. Um, but anyways, this is, uh, this was the story that I'm trying to get, make my point about. This is from page six. Kelly Clarkson's prenup upheld in divorce celebrates on the set of The Voice. Obviously, I've talked a lot about how Kelly's been going through, um, well, I don't want to say tumultuous, but a pretty aggressive divorce with her ex-husband, who I think is somehow related to Reba McIntyre. Um, and he's been, like, trying to, like, take all of Kelly's money. Like, no one's gonna do that to our girl. But anyways, I guess the prenup was upheld. Kelly Clarkson can, quote, break away, I see what they're doing there, from Brendan Blackstock with money, with more money in her pocket. A judge has finally upheld the Stronger Singers prenuptial agreement with Blackstock and their highly contentious divorce, TMZ reported Thursday, yesterday. The agreement reportedly segregated all assets and income derived during her marriage to the former entertainment manager. Blackstock had been fighting the prenup in order to split their accumulated properties, including the Montana ranch, where he now resides, along with the income she earned during their marriage. Ugh, horrible. Upon receiving 
an email confirming her victory, Clarkson allegedly let out a scream on the side of the voice and celebrated. I mean, girl, I totally understand that, and I'm so happy for you, and you deserve every penny you make. I wrote for Clarkson didn't immediately return Paychex's comment for request. I'm sorry, request for comment. We reached out for comment. Reps of the voice referred us back to Clarkson's personal rep. The outlet reported that the former couple's official dissolution of marriage should be finalized in the upcoming days. Clarkson, 39, has been awarded primary custody of their children, Remington and River Rose, because Blackstock lives in Montana. They since you've been gone... Songstress appears desperate to sever all ties with her estranged husband. Hold on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, she also filed to restore her last name. <clears throat> Uh, Paychex reported last month that Clarkson was temporarily ordered to pay Blackstock nearly $200,000 a monthly support, spousal and child support. She was also ordered to pay all of his legal fees, which had amounted to $1.25 million as of that time. The amount that Clarkson will ultimately pay, pay Blackstock, a number that will likely be far less than the original order, will change once the judge sorts out their property agreement. She still likely had to pay child support, which will cost her... $50,000 per month, which is way better than 200000 which is crazy. That's chump change for Clarkson, who earns $1.5 million per month, court documents revealed. Um, yeah, the TMZ article also detailed that, like, a lot the houses and stuff that she amassed or whatever she earned during their marriage, she gets to keep, as she should, as should anyone, because the judge essentially said, uh, well, uh, uh, Kelly Clarkson's lawyer, Laura Wasser for the Stars, lawyer for the Stars, said um, he made uh, an agreement uh, that should be respected when he signed the prenup, and the judge, I guess, agreed. So that's really great. I'm really happy for Kelly. I think a lot of people are vouching for her or were vouching for her to win this because it's so unfair that this man, who, no offense, just isn't as successful or famous or financially um, well as Kelly, should, like, reap the benefits of her labor, like the fruit of her labor. She worked really hard for that. So her and her children should live a fabulous life. But I can't even imagine how happy Kelly is. I'm happy for her. I don't know her, but I literally love her. And um, she's the greatest, an icon. So good people like her deserve good things. Now, this brings us to our... Uh, last three stories of the day, which are all connected in some way or another. But the first you have to do with a queen, literally one of the greatest actresses of our generation. I don't want to say an up-and-comer, but a queen, because she's related to Jonah Hill. And that's, of course, Jonah Hill's queen of a sister, Beanie Feldstein. See the chilling first trailer for Impeachment American Crime Story. This is from E! News. Okay, obviously, Ryan Murphy does these crime story things that are, like, brilliant. He did the uh, O.J. Simpson one. After that, he did... Versace, or before I did Versace, um, and I'm never, I don't think I ever, in my life I'm ever going to get over seeing Penelope Cruz walk off a jet, private jet, as Donatella. It's just too much to handle. I like literally screamed and had to watch that scene like a billion times. But um, now he's doing the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton like affair, which is, I can't even. It's going to be so good. The trailer for Impeachment American Crime Story just dropped, and suddenly it's 1994 all over again. You guys, I mean, I was only five in 94, but I like, can remember pretty much, like, the minor detailings of what went on, but I, like, remember, you know, the news being on and, like, everyone being, like, screaming, gagging about it. I mean, it was literally, like, the equivalent of Brangelina, like, and that whole thing that happened after um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like, that was our modern day. Although, well, not different because not, nobody there was uh, in political office at the time, but one can argue it was very similar. In a matter of 90 seconds, Beanie Feldstein, Clive Owen, Sarah Paulson, by the way, who looks amazing, Edie Falco, who I'm obsessed with because after watching... Um, the Sopranos during quarantine and falling in love with her as Carmela. I can't even handle it. And more members of the ensemble cast managed to transport viewers back to the moment in that time that made Monica Lewinsky, who's a producer on the series, a household name. The trailer is just a small preview of what happened when President Bill Clinton has an affair with White House intern. Front and center for it all is Linda Tripp, whose betrayal single-handedly ignited a chain of events that would go down in history. There are also glimpses of Billy Eichner as Matt Drudge, Annalie Ashford, who I love from Legally Blonde on Broadway. I saw her way back when, 2000. Uh, eight, 
as Paula Jones and Kobe Smulders in the role of controversial figure Ann Coulter. Rolls eyes. Falco, Edie, uh, is shown as an emotional Hillary Clinton, too, serving as a reminder of the all-too-real ripple effects that Lewinsky and Clinton's affair, as well as the impeachment, had on the nation. Man, oh man, would I pay to be a fly in Hillary and Bill's house today with all these, like, Google alerts going off on their phones. I mean, I don't even know if they have Google alerts, but, like, I, I can't even. Uh, perhaps the most chilling glimpse of Owen is the glimpse of Owen as President Bill Clinton uttering the famous words, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Fans of Felstein, Paulson, and the rest of the star-studded cast can, be see, can see the Faga, Saga, Faga, Saga unfold when it premieres on FX September 7th. Oh, I'm going to be watching that. Until then, take a look at the new, well, yeah, the, act, the, the trailer's on E, so... You guys, it looks incredible, and I'm so happy for Beanie Feldstein because, I mean, not only is she Jonah Hill's sister, and I love Jonah Hill too, um, Beanie's so talented, and uh, just, I can't even. But speaking of Queen Beanie Feldstein, our second story has to do with her um, headlining a Broadway show, which is incredible. This is from Deadline. Beanie Feldstein to star as Fanny Bryce in the first Broadway revival of Funny Girl. Okay, the first thing, obviously, that came to mind when I read this is, I wonder what Leah Michelle's doing, and a lot of the articles I'm seeing on Instagram are like, somebody check out Leah Michelle, because obviously Leah, I think Funny Girl uh, and Fanny Bryce are synonymous with Leah Michelle, because obviously in Glee she sung Don't Rain On My Parade, and then, I mean, the late, great Naya Rivera sung that incredible version of uh, Don't Rain On My Parade, which I play at least once a month um, on, my, on my phone, because it's so powerful in Naya's voice. It, like, shoots through you. She's so good. Um, arguably as good, if not better than Leah's, no shade. Leah is, to me, Leah Michelle's always going to be Wendella from Spring Awakening. If you know, you know. If you don't know that well, hop on YouTube. But um, this is just incredible because this is literally out of nowhere, but it's like literally everything that everyone wanted who was a Broadway fan and Beanie Feldstein fan. Book smart star Beanie Feldstein has been set to star as Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl, which will serve as the first Broadway revival of the iconic musical that premiered in 1964 with Babs, Barbara Streisand, in the role. It is scheduled to begin performances in spring 2022 at the Broadway Theater to be announced. The new production is being directed by Tony winner Michael Mayer, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Spring Awakening, and choreography by Eleanor Scott. Um, this essentially means that Beanie's going to win a Tony, so there's that. The original Funny Girl featuring music by Jewel Stein, lyrics by Bob Merrill, and book by Isabel Lennon or set was nominated for eight Tony Awards in 1964, including Best Musical, It Tells a Bittersweet Story of Fanny Bryce, whose unique comedic and vocal talent helps her rise from young Brooklyn music hall performer to star, and her um, tempestuous relationship with gambler Nikki Arstein, played originally by Sidney Chaplin. Um, it features, of course, iconic tunes, People Don't Rain On My Parade. Um, and, oh, Beanie said, the first time I played Fanny Rice was at my third grade birthday party in a head-to-toe leopard print outfit my mom made for me while Feltzin said Wednesday. So it's safe to say that stepping into this iconic role on Broadway and not in my family's backyard is truly my lifelong dream come true. I'm immensely grateful to be able to do so alongside such a remarkable creative team. Cannot wait for audiences to get back into the theaters again. Well-deserved, really well-deserved, and I think Beanie Feldstein's going to be incredible. I'm going to go see this. I mean, I'm really excited to see Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman and The Music Man, and I'm really excited to see this. So this is so great. Oh, and of course, SJP and Matthew Broderick and Plaza Suite, which is a play on Broadway that's coming, I believe, in 2022. There's theater. You guys, theater is coming back, and that is just the greatest thing ever. And you know what? Everyone, audiences and creatives um, on stage and behind the scenes all have to be vaccinated, so get your vaccine, and then you can go see a show. I'd probably be blown away. I mean, I've never even heard Beanie Felsey's scene, but I can only imagine if they're giving her the headlining role like this, such an iconic role, she's got pipes. So that's a greater, that's like the greatest thing ever. And this brings us to our um, sixth and final story of the day, which isn't directly related to Beanie Felsey herself, but it is a musical theater story that I thought was very interesting because it is about, it is about um, an actress, in fact, that I have seen on Broadway. Um, 
and some of them I'm actually a big fan of and, well, a little confused about. But anyways, this is from page six. Broadway superstar Laura Osnes fired from show for not being vaccinated. Yeeks, what a pain in the Aries. Um, I'm sorry, what a pain in the Arias. That's funny. Um, page six has learned that Broadway superstar Laura Osnes has been let go from a Hamptons, Hamptons show because she refuses to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Osnes, who shot to fame when she won the talent show... Uh, the talent search show, Grease, you're the one that I want in 2008. Side note, I watched that entire show, and then me and my friend Ryan, um, and then somebody else. We went to, oh, and my friend Anne, they were high school friends. We all went to New York and saw them in that show. Oh, and I think somebody else came with me, too. I specifically remember seeing that in Spring Awakening. Um, uh, in 2008, has gone on to have a heavyweight Broadway career, was set to perform in front of a star-studded audience for a one-night production of Crazy For You at the Guild Hall in East Hampton on August 29th. But the theater tells page six that it requires staff and performers to be vaccinated or submit a negative COVID test. Insiders additionally told the Post, Michael Rydell, that her co-star, Tony Yazbek, uh, pressed her on the matter because he said, quote, he has two little kids at home. We're told that's when the two-time Tony nominee, Austin, who starred in the title role of the Broadway adaptation of Cinderella from 2013 to 2014, revealed that she hadn't been vaccinated and announced that she doesn't trust the jabs. Osses has described herself as a Christian conservative in interviews. Um, and this is actually the really, this is a really exciting part of the story, which if you know, you know, if you don't know this actor, that's totally fine. According to Spy, she immediately got the hook and was replaced by Sierra Boggess, who played Ariel um, in the Broadway adaptation of Little Mermaid. Um, okay, Sierra Boggess is like literally the greatest singer of all time. She is such a, she's an operatic singer because she was in Phantom of the Opera in Las Vegas and she was in Little Mermaid on Broadway, which I did see. And I saw her in it and Norman Lewis and Sherry Renee Scott. Iconic. I saw it in 2008 too. I know, I've seen like everything. Um, but this is really great because Sierra is so talented and um, I just think, by the way, if you want to know who Sierra Boggess is, I highly suggest YouTubing Sierra Boggess Phantom of the Opera, um, London Hall, uh, and that where she sings with Ramin Karalu. I think I believe, I believe that's his name. Uh, Ramin Kamu Karulu. He's really talented too. And it's like going to blow your ears off. Turn your headphones up all the way. You're like going to just like go death. Um, uh, the night of music from the 1992 Broadway production is still being, is being directed and choreographed by Susan Stroman, who won a Tony for choreographing the original. Um, and I guess a requirement of being part of actors equity is being vaccinated. So yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. And, um, I mean, you know, if you don't, if you don't adhere to guidelines of your uh, guild or your, um, it, not insurance, but sorry, guild, yeah, your guild, then um, I guess you face the consequences. So, but hey, you know what? Uh, I'm sure Laura Ossis will probably, will probably get vaccinated and then uh, audiences are going to be in really good hands with Sierra performing because Sierra is a massive talent. So congratulations. Another great, uh, another great singer gets a, a deserving part. So yeah. All right, everybody, that is our uh, that is our Friday episode. Thank you so much once again for tuning in. I'm Andrew DeVitri, the Mistress of Pop Culture. You can stream my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox Radio, iTunes, the podcast app, basically anywhere where podcasts stream. Have a very great weekend, a safe weekend. Wash your hands, wear a mask, and get vaccinated if you must. Um, because then you can go see a Broadway show. I mean, who doesn't want that? Um, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. Chat with you guys Monday and have a great weekend. Bye-bye.